Hey, welcome to Oasis Singles. My name is Pastor Dave, and I'm so excited you're here. By the way, this site is not just about Christian dating service reviews and so forth, but it's also about life advice, all things Christian single. We have articles, we have interactive ways that you can get in touch with each other, and we also have podcasts that are all about the Christian life. I hope you enjoy our site, and I hope you enjoy the podcast you're about to listen to right now. God bless. Right, you've probably heard the thing about your fingerprint. Go ahead and look at your thumbprint if you haven't uh, taken a look at that lately. You know, you know this, right? Nobody else has your thumbprint. You are unique. But it's not just that. I mean, you know, people come in all different shapes and all different sizes, all different heights, all different colors. I mean, we're all very different. I mean, just look around this room. I mean, this we're all very different from one another. I mean, just even here in this room. And then sometimes we can do things that other people can't do. For example, is there anybody here that can actually take your tongue and touch your nose? Can anybody actually do that? It's kind of fun watching you guys try to do that. But, uh, you know, some people actually can do that. How about, can you roll your tongue? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody do that? They say like uh, 53% of people can actually roll their tongue. I don't know if the rest are defective or what, but you can actually do that. Uh, Can anybody do a clover leaf with your tongue? You know what I'm talking about? It's very rare. We actually have a picture of this. This this is true. People can do this. Look at that. Isn't that weird? And then uh, anybody double-jointed? You remember the the lady who was like the Olympic swimmer, uh, Dara Torres? Uh, She was double-jointed. There's her picture. Some of you are double-jointed. Maybe you double-jointed in your fingers. Anybody can take their thumb and like actually touch their wrist. You know, a lot of people can do that. Now, some of you are double-jointed in your toes. Anybody here, can, can you wiggle your ears? Some people can do that. Anybody hear voices in your head? Okay, just checking to make sure. All right, we're all different. We're all different. And over the next five weeks, we're going to look at how God has uniquely shaped us to be different. You see, here's a big point for this entire series. God is a giver. God is a giver. God gives you gifts. God gives you abilities. God gives you personalities. God gives you experiences. God is always giving to you. And everything that God gives you makes you unique. In fact, nobody else has your unique set of abilities besides you. Nobody else is exactly like you. You see, God doesn't like carbon copies. You know, if you look at nature, I mean, no two trees are the same. No two flowers are the same. No two animals are the same. And guess what? No two people are the same. Why? Well, first of all, originals are more valuable than copies. And God says you're amazingly valuable. But at the same time, God's into uniquenesses. And so we're going to look at uniquenesses. Now, there are five things that make you unique. We call this your shape. So go ahead and grab your message notes. And uh, Brooklyn and Queens, if you will grab your message notes as well. Welcome to all of you. And uh, grab your message notes. You see at the top, we've laid out these uniquenesses using the acrostic shape. So five areas. The first one is spiritual gifts. You can circle that. We're going to talk about that one today. What are you uniquely gifted by God to do when you become a Christian? The second area is heart. What do you love to do? What are your passions? What are your interests? What kind of desire did God put inside of you? Well, we're going to look at that next week. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at abilities. You know, some of you are good at certain things. You just have natural abilities. I mean, some of you are naturally coordinated. Some of us aren't, you know. Some of you are naturally athletic. Some of you are good at math. Others are good at this and that and all down the line. So we all have natural abilities. Uh, personality. Nobody else has your unique personality. And personality tests, if you study that, you know, that's a huge area. Everybody wants to discover their personality. Well, we're going to talk about your God-given personality. 
And then experiences. We all have unique experiences. We have vocational experiences. We have relational experiences, spiritual experiences, even bad experiences. And all of that rolls into the shape that God created us for. So God loves to give you all of these things. And and what I want to do today is I want to begin pointing out to you what happens when you become a believer. Now, to talk about spiritual gifts, we have to first talk to those in the room who are believers, who are followers of Jesus. And I realize some of you aren't. And uh, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you're always welcome here at the journey, and you're always going to learn something. But for this first part, I want to talk about the four gifts that you receive when you become a follower of Jesus. And this will help us think about spiritual gifts and about our shape. You know, when I stepped across the line spiritually, uh, I was 17 years old. And prior to that, I'd been living my life apart from God. But at that moment, when I said yes to Jesus Christ, God gave me four gifts. And he gave these same gifts to you. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a believer, then you have these four gifts. You can jot these down in your notes. Number one, you have the gift of forgiveness. God gave you the gift of forgiveness. Now, someone has rightly said, even if there, weren't, if there wasn't a heaven, and there is, but even if there was not a heaven, this would be one of the best reasons to give your life to God, because God gives you the gift of forgiveness. God gives you forgiveness for the guilt that you carry around and for the resentment that you feel because of what you've done to other people. And so there's all this stuff that, that we carry around, and it makes us miserable. And God wants, us to, God wants to forgive us of that. And God says, if you'll ask me, I will forgive you. It's ours uh, for the asking. God is offering it. Now, the Bible says this in Romans 5.15. It says, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. In your notes, would you circle gift of forgiveness? God gives you that as a gift when you say yes to him. Now, that's a good deal, but it's only the first of four gifts. Here's the second one, the gift of eternal life. God gives us the gift of eternal life. You might call this the gift that keeps on giving because God has long-range plans for you. God says, I want you to be with me in heaven. Now, everybody's going to live forever, but only those who have stepped across the line of faith are going to live forever with God in heaven. Here's the verse, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death. Okay, that's bad news. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, if you circle eternal life, you can write off to the side two words, quality and quantity. Quality of life and quantity of life. Eternal life implies a quantity of life, a life that goes on and on and on and on forever. But it also implies a quality of life because it means you're going to be with God. It means you're going to be in heaven. And so God gives you this gift when you step across the line. And by the way, just to be real clear, heaven is a gift. Nobody can earn their way to heaven. Nobody can work their way to heaven. Nobody is good enough to deserve to get to God's heaven. The requirement to get to heaven is perfection. And most people think if I just do more good things than bad things, then God has to let me in. Nope. There's only one way you get to heaven. You get to heaven by receiving God's free gift of eternal life. And if you don't get there by God's gift, you don't get there at all. It's a free gift. And then inside of your notes, there's a third gift that God gives us at the moment we accept Jesus Christ, and that is the gift of his spirit. God puts his spirit inside of us. And the moment you become a believer, God puts his spirit inside of you. The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm not just going to be around you, and I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to be inside of you through my spirit. 
The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, how do you know the Holy Spirit fills your heart? Well, you get what's described in the Bible as the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you're living out those characteristics in your life, it's because you've got God's Spirit. Now listen, every believer has God's Spirit. But in some people's lives, the Spirit is suppressed. It's not as strong as it should be. And so they're not getting as much fruit as they could. But just because you you don't feel God's Spirit doesn't mean God's Spirit's not there. God's Spirit in you is not a feeling that comes at salvation. It's a fact that comes at salvation. You have God's Spirit. And so learning to walk in the Spirit and learning to grow in the Spirit and learning to allow the Spirit to work in your life is part of maturity. And as the Spirit works in your life, the Spirit brings out a fourth gift. And here it is. It's the gift of some special abilities. The gift of some special abilities. And this is the fourth gift that God gives us. And when you put your faith in Christ, He gives you forgiveness, eternal life, His Spirit, and special abilities. And these special abilities throughout the Scripture are referred to as spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And this makes them different from material gifts or physical gifts. They're spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are the abilities that God gives you to get the job done that He created you for. You see, God created you to fulfill a purpose. God created you to live out His will. And he gives you these special abilities, these spiritual gifts, so that you can accomplish all that he wants you to accomplish. Now, in a few moments, I'm going to continue to talk about these spiritual gifts. But first, I want you to think once again about your uniqueness, about how unique you really are. Uh, I mean, no two people are alike. Yes, we get all of these gifts, but the way these gifts operate in our life are all very different. Now, what I've done is I've asked our worship team to come back. And they've put together a couple of songs that will allow us to, number one, thank God for our uniquenesses. Number two, to thank God for these gifts that he's given us. But during this time, I wanted to give you a tangible way to express your uniqueness. And so what we've done is we've got these shaped banners around the room. And we're going to invite you during these next couple of songs to get up out of your seat and to come forward and to literally put your fingerprint on the banner. And so we're going to have an, uh, an ink pad for you to dip your finger in. Some of you may not be familiar with fingerprinting. Some of you may be too familiar, okay? But uh, we've got these uh, ink pads, and you can come forward and just take, not a 10 card, just your thumb, and you take your thumb and then put it on the shaped banner. And then we're going to leave these shaped banners up during the series, and it's just a tangible way for us to remember today that we are unique, and then throughout the series, we'll leave the banner up so that we can remember that it's all about discovering your shape. So during this first song, I invite you to come forward and be fingerprinted. So let's talk about how we can learn to use our spiritual gifts. Now, let me just go back and define spiritual gifts one more time. A few more insights on spiritual gifts before we get back in our notes. First of all, what is a spiritual gift? Well, a spiritual gift is an ability that God has given you so that you can accomplish His purpose for your life. You see, God has a purpose for your life. He has a will for your life. And God never asks you to do anything that He doesn't equip you to do. And so he gives you spiritual gifts as the equipment that you need to accomplish his purpose. Now, you don't get to brag about your gifts, and here's why. Because you don't get to choose them. God chooses the spiritual gifts that he's going to give you. It's up to God. It's God's choice. And why does God gift somebody, or why does God gift someone some way and somebody else another way? 
We don't know. It's just the way God has wired it up. And God has said, look, this is the way it's going to be for me to accomplish my purposes in the world. Now, your gifts, by the way, are not given to you for your benefit. You can use your gifts. You feel good about your gifts, but your gifts are primarily for the benefit of other people. And so God gives you these gifts so that you can help other people, so that you can serve the church, so that you can serve the city and serve the world. And when you use your gifts, other people get blessed. Now, look, you feel good about using your gifts. You feel satisfied. You feel fulfilled by using your gifts. But the primary reason God gave you your gifts is for other people. And so you bless other people by using your gifts. You know, when I use my gifts and my primary gifts are leadership and teaching. And when I use those gifts, then other people get blessed. When you use your gifts, I get blessed. And when you use your gifts, the church gets blessed. And you know, we cheat each other if we don't use our gifts. If I don't use my gifts to serve you, you get cheated. If you don't use your gifts to serve the church, the church gets cheated. And if we don't use our gifts together, we all get cheated. You see, God designed the church to be like a big jigsaw puzzle. Everybody has a piece. Everybody has a part to play. And if there's one piece missing from a big jigsaw puzzle, what do you notice? You notice that missing piece. And so God doesn't want anybody to miss out. God doesn't want anyone to be a spectator to stay on the sidelines. He wants everybody engaged. He wants everybody using their gifts. Now, the Bible says that there are at least 11 different spiritual gifts. Now, I personally believe that's just a a starter list. Those are the most common gifts. I believe that there are a lot more spiritual gifts than just 11. But what we've done in this inventory that we've created for you, called the Shape Spiritual Gifts Inventory, if you want to look at that, if you go to page 2 and 3, we put together a very simple inventory, a questionnaire that you can take to discover your gifts. And then this will help you identify these 11 most common gifts. And for some of you, your gift may be the gift of faith. Now look, every Christian has faith, but you may have an exceptional faith. You're the kind of person that when everybody else loses faith, you keep us together by your gift of faith. Somebody else may have the gift of service or helps. Very, very common gift inside of God's family. The gift of hospitality. That doesn't mean you like to go to hospitals. Instead, it means you like to host people. You like to welcome people. You have a way of making a stranger feel welcome. Other people have the gift of teaching. And some of you that lead groups, hopefully you have the gift of teaching. If not, it's agonizing because whenever you operate outside your gift area, it's very draining. But some of you can lead a growth group and walk away feeling energized. I mean, I feel that way on Sunday. Uh, Encouragement. I mean, some of you just know how to build people up and on down the list we could go. And so you can ask yourself these questions, these 66 questions, and it'll help you determine your gift. Now, we're going to give you this uh, every week. And uh, you may just need one copy and you can build it out. But every week we'll look at a different component so that you can build out your shape and you'll know exactly who you are. And then we want to do everything we can to help you discover your gifts. And so every week after the service, there's going to be an opportunity for you to go and hang out with some other people in the church and take this test right on the spot if you want to do that. I'll say more about that uh, when we're done. But the key thing here is I don't want anybody to miss their gifts. I want everybody to figure out what your spiritual gifts are and put those into practice. And here's some reasons why you should know your gifts. Back in your notes, we're on the inside, page three. Back in your notes, there are at least four reasons that you need to know your gifts. And we're going to go through these pretty quickly. But here's number one. They shape your work. They shape your work. You know, one of the most common questions that I get is, Nelson, how do I know what God wants me to do with my life? 
And a lot of people are wondering, especially in this economy, as a lot of people are, are being mixed up and, and they're going through some tough times, they say, how do I know what God wants me to do? Well, here's my answer. Figure out how God shaped you. Figure out how God wired you. Figure out your spiritual gifts. Figure out your heart. Figure out your ability, your personality, and your experience. Then you'll know what you're supposed to do with your life. Because your spiritual gifts shape your work. You know, survey after survey shows that in America, the vast majority of people are unhappy with their work. They feel unfulfilled at their work. They feel like they're just going through the motions at their work. They're holding down a job primarily for economic reasons, not for fulfillment reasons. We say God doesn't want you to live that way. And so when you discover what your gifts are, then you can find a job that matches up with those gifts. And you can use that job to serve other people as well as to serve the church. Because your spiritual gifts had two purposes, to serve God's family and to serve the world. And so your job is part of that service to other people. So they shape your work. Secondly, in your notes, they show your worth. They show your worth. This is one of my favorite ones to teach because they show your worth. Your gifts show how valuable you are because God has given valuable gifts to you. God has entrusted his valuable gifts with you. You know, if, if I came to you and I said, look, I've got these very rare gems and I want you to hold on to them, you would feel special. You'd say, look, you know, Nelson chose me to hold on to these things. Well, that's what God has done to you. God has given you these valuable gifts. He's entrusted them to you and that shows how valuable you are. Now, related to that is this issue of self-esteem. You know, a lot of people struggle with low self-esteem. And a lot of people struggle with, how do I know my esteem? You know, and a lot of people measure their esteem by what other people have to say about them. And if other people aren't saying very nice things about you, then you don't feel very nice. Or other people try to build their self-esteem by buying the right stuff or wearing the right clothes or trying to get the right title or trying to earn fame or whatever it might be. But none of that's going to last. You can't trust stuff to determine your self-esteem. You can't trust other people to determine your self-esteem. You can't even trust what you say about yourself to, to, to measure your self-esteem. So how do you know how much you're worth? Well, God says you are his masterpiece. Nobody else is like you. You are an original painting. You are one of one, and in all of the world, and in all of past history, and all of future, and all of the future, there will never be anybody else like you. The first line of this verse in your notes says, we are God's masterpiece. You are an original. You are of high value. You want to know how much you're worth? Look at the gifts God's given you. Look at how God has created you. Look at your shape. You are of ultimate value. And then next, you should know your gifts because they share your worship. They share your worship. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, gifts are part of your worship back to God. When you use the gifts that God has given you, it's really an act of worship. And so God wants you to worship in here on Sundays, but he also wants you to worship him every day of the week. In fact, one of the most common misconceptions about worship is that worship is only what you do on Sunday. But get this, whenever you use your gifts, that's an act of worship. Have you ever wondered, what do you have to do in your life to get God to smile at you? You know, to make God happy? Well, look, whenever you do what God created you to do, he's smiling on you. That makes him happy. And then when you make God happy, that's worship. And then worship is fulfilling. Worship gives you power. Worship is like an energy plug you can tap into anytime you feel drained. And so God offers that to you. So when you use your gifts, it draws you closer to God. And that's sharing in your worship. And then finally, at the bottom of your page, 
They shine your witness. When you know your spiritual gifts, they shine your witness. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that God uses your gifts to draw other people to himself. You know, one of the things I love about our church is that we're very active in sharing our faith. You know, there's an old definition of evangelism that says evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And so when you become a Christian, it doesn't make you better than anybody else. It just means that you've found this. You found all of those gifts that we started talking about, the gift of forgiveness, eternal life, and all of that. And so when we find that, we want to share it with other people. But you know, so many people in our church struggle with knowing how to do that. So we give you tools like invest and invite. I mean, if you carry around an invest and invite card and you're investing in people in your neighborhood or at your job and you're inviting them to come to church with you. But another way to be a witness to the world is to use the gifts that God's put inside of you. Because whenever you're doing something that you're gifted to do, people look at that, but instead of praising you, they turn their eyes to God. Let me show you how Jesus taught that. In, uh, in your notes in Matthew five sixteen, Jesus said, let your light shine in front of people. What does that mean? Well, that means share your faith with your lips, but it also means to share your faith with your life, to live out your purpose, to live out what God created you to do, to live out your gifts. And then what will happen? Then they'll see the good that you do and praise you here on earth. Okay, now what it says, right? What happens when you start living out your faith? They will then praise your Father in heaven. So you get to be a witness to other people by using your gifts. So how do you start using the gifts that God's put inside of you? Well, that's what this last page of your notes is about. How do you start using the gifts that God put inside of you? Number one, you can jot this down. Number one, I must discover my gifts. I must discover my gifts. You've got to figure out what your gifts are. Now, this is not a difficult process, but you've got to go searching. You've got to take some time to step back and evaluate your gifts. You see, if you ask most Christians, they would say, yeah, I've heard something about spiritual gifts, but very few people could actually name their spiritual gift. Now, God's not hiding your gift from you. God's just not putting it across your chest when you become a Christian. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? You say yes to Jesus one day, the next day your spiritual gifts are right here across your chest. You just look down, oh, there they are. That's my spiritual gift. But it doesn't work out that way. You've got to take some time to figure out what they are. In fact, we've discovered that there's just a handful of questions you have to ask yourself. And so in this inventory, we've got 66 questions that you can ask yourself. And you just have to be honest. There's no right or wrong to any of these questions. For example, this person, number 52, says, I am willing to bear the brunt of criticism for a team's failure. Some of you are willing to do that. Others of you are not willing to do that. No matter how much, you know, criticism you get, you're not going to take it. Uh, here's, here's one person says, continuous learning is something I greatly value, and I invest in it personally. And so you're always ordering stuff from like Amazon.com or, you know, going to the bookstore. You're taking learning annex classes. The rest of you are like, learning annex, Amazon.com. What is that? It doesn't matter what your answer is as long as you're honest about these questions. One says, I'm a person that someone comes to when they're feeling hurt or confused. Others of you are like, nobody ever comes to me when, I, when they feel lonely, hurt, or confused. It doesn't matter. You see, you've just got to be honest about who you are and about what's going on in your life. And then as you answer these questions honestly, they're not trick questions. They're not difficult questions. You will begin to see a pattern emerge. And through this test, as you score your answers, you'll be able to discover what your gift is. 1 Timothy 4.14, it says, do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. Turn to your neighbor right now and look at them and say, you've been given gifts. You've been given gifts. 
Now turn to them and say, do not neglect those gifts. Do not neglect those gifts. You've got to discover them. Number two, once you discover them, you realize they're not yours. So what you do, number two, I must dedicate my gifts. I must dedicate my gifts. I dedicate my gifts back to God. I say, God, thank you for these gifts. God, I am a steward of these gifts. God, I want to use these gifts to serve you and to serve your people, to serve your church, to serve your city, to serve your world. You dedicate your gifts back to God. Romans 6.13 says, give yourselves completely to God. Since you have been given new life, since you've been given all of these gifts, now that you are a Christian, you give yourselves completely to God. And what do you do? You use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. So you dedicate your gifts. Number three, I must develop my gifts. I must develop my gifts. And this is one that I've had to learn, that you have to discover them, you dedicate them, but then you have to develop them. That gifts are like muscles. You have to stretch yourself. You have to use them. I mean, I think about it in my own life. I mean, I just didn't get this massive bicep just by doing nothing. Actually, I pretty much got this by doing nothing. But still... If I wanted to improve that, I would have to go in and I would have to work out. I'd have to do some curls. You know, I'd have to work on it. Your gifts are like muscles. You've got them in yourself right now. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have at least one gift. Most of you have more than that. But in order for those gifts to grow, you have to develop them. You have to start using them. And look, that's going to hurt a little bit at first. It's just like going to the weight room. You know, you haven't lifted in a while. You go in there, you know, you do, some, uh, you do some curls or something like that or do some bench press work and you start working out those muscles that you haven't used in a while. The next day you're sore, your triceps hurt, your chest hurts, but it's a good kind of sore. And then the next day you go and it's a little bit easier because over time your muscles develop. So it is with your gifts. When you start using your gifts, at first it can feel a little awkward. Boy, I don't know if I've got this gift or not. You know, it just doesn't quite feel right. But then as you begin to develop that, your gifts grow And God blesses you with more insight into who you are and how he shaped you. You see, God doesn't give everything to you at once. In fact, one of the greatest principles of the universe is that God gives you a little to see if you can be trusted. And then if you use that little bit well, he gives you more. So God gives you these gifts. And if you use them, he'll give you more. God gives you money, and he says, I'm going to give you some money. And if you use that well, then he says, oh, there's a person I can trust with more. God gives you responsibility. And if you take that responsibility seriously, God says, there's a person I can trust, and he gives you more responsibility. So you've got to use what you have if you want more. So develop those gifts. And this means you're going to have to take a step. And that, that's number four. I have to deploy my gifts. I must deploy my gifts. You've got to take action. You've got to get out there in the game. The word deploy is kind of an old military term about, it, it doesn't mean you play it safe. It means you, you know, you charge the next hill, you take the next uh, line. It means you get out there in the game and you do something. You know, it, doesn't, it means you're no longer a spectator, but now you are a participant. This is what God wants you to do. God says, you want to figure out what your gift is? Look, take the test, start working on those gifts, study about those gifts, but then get in the game and start doing something with those gifts. In other words, you're never going to find your spot until you start doing something today. Now, I've said this before, but just as a reminder, one of the things we've discovered at the journey is that most people who find their place of service in a more permanent way start with something temporary. 
And most people start their serving path just by getting involved on Sunday. You see, on Sunday at the Journey, we have so many diverse places for people to, to get involved in. You can get involved in serving in hospitality. You can get involved in setup. You can get involved in the worship arts team. You can get involved with uh, children and all these different areas that we have on Sunday. Now, some of those are different levels. I mean, you don't start out with children. There's a whole process of requirements to work in our Journey Kids area. But you've got to start somewhere. And most people start just by showing up an hour early to serve. And so one of the next steps in your notes, or on your connection card, rather, if you haven't found that, it's inside of your program. One of your next steps is to pick a date uh, next Sunday or a couple Sundays from now and say, you know what, I'm just going to get started. I'm going to deploy my gifts. And as you do something, at first it may feel a little strange, but then you start using those muscles, those spiritual gifts that you have, and then you start feeling fulfilled. Now you'll also notice, if you will, look on the back of the connection card, you'll notice that there's a second next step, which is to complete the spiritual gifts inventory and then email your spiritual gifts to the special email address that we've set up. It's gifts at journeymetro.com. So you see, we want to do everything we can in this series to help you find your shape. And most people won't do what they should do. They only do what they're held accountable to do. And so we've set up this email for you to send in your spiritual gifts. So you can take this inventory either this week or you can take it right after the service at this room we have set up. And then you can email those in to our office and then we will help you find that right spot. Now, more than likely, we're going to get you plugged in in some ministry area where you can just start serving. But the cool thing about the journey is where you start is not where you have to stay. You start somewhere, and you figure out that's the right spot, and then you can evolve over time to find the right place. Back in your notes, it's our last verse. It's up on the screen, too. It says, we are to use our different gifts in accordance with the grace that God has given us. If our gift is to speak God's message, we should do it according to the faith that we have, the faith that we have, what step do you need to take today? Now, I've been talking about this connection card, but this is the first time so far in the service we've talked about it. So if you haven't already done so, be sure you fill out the front side of this card. Uh, If you've been here before, just put your name and email address on the card unless something's changed, uh, your address or email or something. And then if you are a first-time guest with us today, will you go ahead right now and just complete as much information on the front side of this card as you feel comfortable sharing? Mark that box that says first or second time guest. In just a few minutes, we're going to hand in these cards when we receive our offering. But first, what I want to do is I want to give you a chance to think about the next steps that are on the back of this card. And so once you fill out the front side, you can take a look at the back. And there are a number of next steps that you can take today. And what I want you to do, in fact, if if I could, let's get a two-minute countdown up on the clock. I'm going to ask if you'll just hang with me here in this room for the next two minutes. And I want you to look at the next steps on the back of your card, and I want you to look at your notes. And I want you to ask yourself, God, what next step would you have me take today? You know, maybe you need to open up this gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to receive God's gift of forgiveness, of eternal life, of His Spirit, and of these special abilities. Maybe you need to commit to memorizing 1 Peter 4.10. Maybe you've had misplaced self-esteem and you've been putting your esteem in what others say instead of what God says about you. Maybe there's a next step you need to take. I'm going to be quiet for a few moments as we let this countdown timer run. And let's just use this time to let God speak to us about the next step He would have us take.
30 seconds left, so make sure you've got the front side of that card filled out. We'll hand that in with our offering here in just a couple of minutes. You know, I dream of a church that's full of people where everybody knows their shape. I mean, think about how, how God has wired this up. God has said, if you figure out how I've wired you and you live your life according to your shape, you're going to find fulfillment. You're going to find purpose. You're going to find self-esteem. The rest of the world is going to know there's something different about you. And they're gonna, you're going to be a witness to them. And they're going to look at you and see me. You see, this is God's plan. This is why this is so important. It's important for you. It's important for our church. But it's important for your family, your friends, and the world that we all discover our shape. There's power in knowing how God's created you. Now, over and over in this talk today, I've said that all of this is yours when you step across the line of faith. And we've talked about all these gifts that you get when you step across the line of faith. Where's the question? Have you stepped across the line of faith? Have you taken your life and placed it in the hands of Jesus Christ? You know, I talked about all these gifts that you get, but all of those gifts come wrapped in the bigger gift of Jesus Christ. You see, the greatest gift that God's ever given the world is the gift of Jesus Christ. The most famous verse in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. It's a gift, John three sixteen. And so I wonder today, have you unwrapped the gift of Jesus Christ? You know, in many ways, I believe that God stands in front of you and says, here's the gift of my son. And he offers it to you. It's free. And inside that gift is the gift of forgiveness and eternal life and his spirit and these spiritual gifts that we've been looking at. But you have to reach out and take it. You have to receive it. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, why not do that today? Let's bow our heads and pray together. As we pray, I want to begin just a prayer for all of us. Maybe, uh, maybe you want to just pray this in your mind. Maybe you want to say, Dear God, today I accept your free gift of forgiveness. Thank you for forgetting everything that I've ever done wrong. I'm putting my trust in your grace. And then, Dear God, today I accept your free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ because of what he did for me. I know that I can't earn my way to heaven, so thank you for giving me that free gift. And God, today I accept the free gift of your spirit into my life. Live through me and fill me with your love and joy and peace and patience and all the fruit of the Spirit. And God, today I accept the gift of the special abilities that you've given me, that you've put into my life. Help me to discover them and develop them and dedicate them and then deploy them so that I can be the person you've made me to be. And then if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, you've never opened this greatest gift of all, just say, Jesus Christ, today, I invite you into my life. I accept your gifts. And I commit to following you from this day forward. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.